and welcome. Welcome to those uh, in the sanctuary. Welcome to those uh, who are on Zoom. Uh, if you're a visitor with us this morning, then uh, welcome to you. Very special welcome. And trust that you'll feel at home as we worship God together. Um, I notice there is a nice family in the, in the back. Um, there are the play toys there. We don't mind how much noise uh, they make. That's absolutely fine. Uh, we just encourage you to uh, just feel free as uh, we worship God together. Uh, we have a creche, uh, which is upstairs. Um, we also have uh, children's groups, and uh, we have young people's groups. So um, I'll uh, uh, announce a, a time when uh, they, they'll be going out. So if you want to join them, then uh, please feel free. It should be Steve uh, that is standing here leading this morning. He should also be standing there with his guitar. And his daughter, Charlotte, should be standing here. Uh, unfortunately, they are both very unwell, and uh, so they're not here this morning. Um, so it's not a substitute, but we have Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to sing and clap. Um, for those who were here at the seniors yesterday next door, they were even dancing next door. <laughs> Um, now, they had, a, they had a little area they could dance in, but we've got all this around here. We've got the aisle. Uh, just feel free. Uh, if God is calling you to dance in his presence, then you just do it. We're, we're very free. Uh, we don't um, put those kind of rules. So, uh, welcome, and let's enjoy God together and uh, each other. Let me pray, and then we'll, we'll start. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we've got to set aside this time to be with each other and to be with you. So we pray, Holy Spirit, you will move in this place, that you will touch us all. But now as we draw to the throne of grace, to the very throne room, Holy Spirit, will you enhance our singing and our worship this morning, that we will be a delight to you as we know that you are a delight to us. So we thank you, Lord, that you've promised to presence yourself with us and we just did want to delight in you this morning. So bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Sarah, thank you. Okay, church, are we ready to stand? Up we get. Sorry, I do treat you like children, I'm so sorry. It is my profession, <laughs> I'm just aware of this.
let's continue in an attitude of praise and prayer. Uh, if God has led, uh, laid something on your heart to share in praise, in worship, then let's do that now. If you're on Zoom and want to unmute uh, and then share, but those in the sanctuary, if you could put your hand up uh, and uh, a microphone will be brought to you so that uh, those in the sanctuary can hear and those on Zoom. But let's just worship our God. Let's bring him praise now. <coughs> A word given to Joshua by the Lord. We read, be strong and very courageous. Mm, yes. Be careful to obey all that's in the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Mm. Do not let this book of the law Depart from you, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written and be successful. I have not commanded you, just be strong and courageous. In your name we praise you for your living word. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the way you speak in different ways to us. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that word just a few moments ago read that wrapped me over the knuckles to obey. Lord, last week I had a picture of shadowy figures standing here in the church with mist in front of them, very shadowy, and then the sun coming out and just burning all the mist away mm. into clarity and beauty and just everything to be seen perfectly. And as we sang the song this morning, that from your shadows into your radiance, consume all my darkness. So Lord, that is what we pray for ourselves, individually, and for this congregation. Would you bring us out of the shadows into the radiance of your love, consume all the darkness, and let us be who you would have us to be, that we can change from glory into glory until we look and personify your presence. Have your way with us, O Lord, we pray. Thank you, Father. Continue to work in whatever ways you can reach each one of us in so many different ways. Thank you that you love us enough to speak to us and reach out to us. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to the Jews, you do not believe my words. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. But it is those scriptures that bear witnesses to me. My testament bears witness that the Father has sent me. And eternal life is only available through me. Thank you, Lord, for your
Father, I just want to thank you this morning for the way that you love us, that you are indeed awesome. There is no name greater than your name. Amen. Thank you that you don't give up on us. Yeah, thank, you. thank you that you are always there with your open arms mm. and that you just, you just long to love us mm. and long for us to know that love. Yeah. I just want to thank you this morning for all you're doing mm. in the church, in our own lives, just amongst your people here and, and worldwide too, Lord. We give you thanks and praise. Yes. Amen. Father, you alone are worthy of our praise. You alone are worthy of our worship. There is none like our God. And we thank you, Father, that you are an awesome God, that you are amazing, all powerful, and yet so caring and so loving. We thank you that we can all feel the touch of your love, your arms surrounding us, uh, as it were, cuddling us. That's how amazing our God is, all-powerful, yet so gentle, so loving. How else can we come to you this morning but with praise in our hearts for all that you have done? So we, we know that you will accept the praise of our hearts this morning, the praise of our lips. In Jesus' name, we bring them all. Amen. It's now time for, for Mark to share with us, and uh, for this week it's uh, a video, so it'll be on the screen. Hi everyone. So, in our All Age Talk today, we're continuing our values series, and the value that we're looking at this week is Bible saturated. So, what I thought I'd do was tell you a story about Jesus so we could see how important the Bible was to him. Now the story starts when Jesus was 12 years old. He and his parents, Mary and Joseph, lived in a place called Nazareth, which is a village in Galilee about 60 miles north of Jerusalem. But depending on which route you took, the walking distance would have been between 70 and 90 miles and would have probably taken as long as five days. Now, it was Passover time and Mary and Joseph always went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They set off on the long walk. When they got to Jerusalem, they went to the temple to pray and make sacrifices, as was the custom. Then they went to celebrate their Passover meal and fulfilled all the traditions that were required for the festival. After they'd done all of that, Jesus went back to the temple. He loved being in the temple because he knew that it was his father's house. He also loved to read the scriptures and learn more about God, his father in heaven. 
Jesus wanted to know everything that God said through the prophets and Moses. Jesus studied the scrolls and thought about what they meant and how they applied to his life. Soon though, Passover was over and Mary and Joseph packed up all their things for the long journey home. Everyone else was doing the same and it was really busy and crowded. While Mary and Joseph were packing, Jesus went back to the temple. Where is that boy? He probably went ahead with his cousins. I guess we'll just have to catch up to him. But Jesus was not with his cousins. He was still in the temple. He was sitting with the scholars and the teachers of the law. He listened carefully to what they were saying. He asked them questions and then he spoke and explained what was written. Hmm. I've never seen a 12-year-old boy that is so wise and knows the word of God so well. Jesus was in the temple for hours discussing the scriptures and getting closer to God. All this time, Mary and Joseph were on their way back to Nazareth, completely unaware that Jesus was not with their party and had stayed behind in Jerusalem. In fact, it was not until the next day when they checked with all their relatives that they noticed he was missing. Mary was worried. Where is he? She asked. Has he been kidnapped? But Joseph reassured her and said that they should go back to Jerusalem to look for him. So that is what they did. But when they got to Jerusalem, they searched for three days and still couldn't find him. Joseph? Hmm. Oh, what if he's still in the temple? Oh, yes. Why haven't we thought of that before? <clears throat> Jesus? Hi, Dad. Why didn't you just come with us when we were leaving? We were worried sick that something had happened to you. Why? Don't you understand that I had to stay in my father's house? Well, <clears throat> He's got a point. Okay, Jesus, I understand. But now we have to travel back to our house. Well, it's a great story, but why have I told it to you? Why is it even in the Bible? What is this story trying to teach us? Well, firstly, can anyone remember how old Jesus was in the story? That's right, he was only 12. So I think firstly, this story is trying to tell us a couple of things. It tells us that you are never too young to start reading the Bible. The Bible is an amazing book full of fascinating stories that lead us to and show us the heart and nature of God. There are some great age-appropriate translations of the Bible for the younger ones amongst us. So you young guys, I'd really recommend that you get into reading the Bible. It's amazing. It is so much better than Marvel. But what about us old guys? What's this part of the story trying to tell us? Well, I think it's important that we realize that we should never dismiss or discount the insights of our children. Jesus astonished the scholars and our children can astonish us as well with their insights.
But Jesus was God, right? So surely he knew what was in the Bible because he wrote it. Well, that's right. Jesus was God. And he knew he was God because he knew that when he was in the temple, he was in his father's house. He was in God's house. But he was also human. He was growing up as an ordinary boy in an ordinary family. He was still learning and maturing. Joseph, his human father, was a carpenter. But just because Jesus was his son didn't mean that he automatically knew how to be a carpenter. He had to learn. And so it was, was with the scriptures. Jesus was fascinated by the scriptures. He was hungry to learn all he could. And surely if Jesus, who, as we've already said, was God, needed to read and learn the scriptures because they revealed his father in heaven to him, how much more should we also and what's more, we have the New Testament and the Holy Spirit to help us. But that's not all, is it? Jesus knew that the Bible would not only help him get to know his father in heaven, but he, it would help him live his life the way he should. He knew that knowing the scriptures would guide him in his life and help him to resist evil. When the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus was able to quote the scriptures to the devil. And as we know, the scriptures are the absolute truth, the word of God. And in doing so, he defeated the devil. And the Bible can do that for us too. As we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will reveal the heart of God to us. But also, when we're going around in our everyday lives, uh, sometimes things might get a bit tough. The Holy Spirit will bring to mind verses and passages from the Bible that will strengthen and comfort us. But if we've not read them in the first place, how can that happen? Now, just in closing, when I was growing up, everyone used the word Bible as an acronym, basic instructions before leaving Earth. And it is that. But I hope I've shown over the last few minutes that the Bible is so much more than that, so much better than that. It's not just a rule book to be adhered to or else. It is the living word of God through which God speaks to us and demonstrates his love for us. The Bible reveals Jesus to us. And I would really encourage you to read the Bible. Jesus did. Thank you, Mark, for, for sharing that with us. Um, it's time, if we have any children uh, in here, to go to your groups. But let, before you go, let me pray for you, uh, and then uh, you can go. Father, we thank you for the children that are here this morning. We thank you that as they go to their group, uh, Lord, that they will learn something more of you. Uh, we pray that uh, for the teachers, that they will impart what the Spirit has laid on their hearts to share with the children this morning that as we know you will bless us here in the sanctuary, you'll bless them in their group. So go with them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for the offering. Father, we thank you that you've given us so much that the very air we breathe comes from you. Our very lives are from you. All the things that we have material-wise come from you. 
And we thank you that you provide us money in very many different ways. But we want to give back to you, some of which you have already given to us. And we pray for the offering that's in this plate. And we add to it those that come in through bank accounts and other ways. And ask that you will multiply it, that your name might be glorified through the use of this money. And Lord, for that which we've held back, we pray that you'll make us wise stewards of that too, that we will share when we can, that your name might be glorified. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Have a time of uh, open prayer uh, where we can come before God with those things that are laid on our heart. Uh, there isn't a uh, prayer meeting for Ukraine tonight, um, but we can still pray. And uh, we can use this opportunity to pray for the people of Ukraine uh, and the people of Russia. Um, and we can pray for the situation uh, and just ask God to intervene in that situation. Our God is all powerful. Our God is a God of miracles and he can do more than we can ask or imagine. And there are those in the fellowship who are awaiting surgery. There are those in the fellowship who are unwell at this time, and I've already mentioned Steve and Charlotte, and I know there are others. So let's take this opportunity, whether out loud or in our hearts, to bring our prayers before God. If you're on Zoom, then unmute. If you're in the sanctuary, please put your hand up, and Barbara will come along with the microphone. But let's come before God with those prayers of petition. Father, we thank you that you delight to hear from your children. Lord, we know we don't have to form the words and speak them out because you already know what's on our hearts. But as you delight to hear from us, we want to bring to you our prayers this morning, our prayers of petition, which need you to work in very many different situations. So hear us now as we cry out to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God was encouraged to hear last week how that Ukraine is a Bible belt in that part of the world. Bless you for that, Lord. We pray that pain prayer that those disciples that were arrested and they were released and they prayed the prayer that God would protect and make them help them to be strong in you and open the the door for your word in their lives. So, Father, we pray, not knowing quite how to pray for Ukraine, we strengthen your church there. There may be a witness under great persecution, and they may give them, give them opportunities to show by love and by deeds and to intercede, be bold in their witness for you. Dear Lord, we do pray an end for this war, this terrible war. Open the hearts 
of those that are evil and seeking to persecute and to cause damage and uh, mayhem uh, to people of Ukraine and, and around the world. So, Lord, we lift this up, this treasure up before you. May your will be done. May your kingdom come. In Christ's name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we do bring the Ukrainian people before you, but we also bring Putin before you, and we think Nebuchadnezzar and how you brought him low. We ask that you open the eyes of Putin to what he's doing, to what he's having done for these people. Lord, just open his spiritual eyes to see you and bring him low as you did Nebuchadnezzar. Lord, we ask this in your precious name. Yeah. We really do ask. We also ask, Lord, for a friend of ours who is dying of cancer. Mm. And Lord, we ask you that you will heal him, that even though Roger will go through chemotherapy, that you will heal him, Lord, mm. that he will have this radiotherapy and that it will kill the cancer. Lord Jesus, we do ask this for We ask it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Father, we would lift before you all those uh, in our fellowship who are unwell at this time. Lord, we particularly pray for Steve and for Charlotte who would want to be here this morning to share uh, in fellowship and to lead us to the very throne room. And so, Lord, we pray that you will just be close to them. And for any others in our fellowship who need that healing touch of your hand at this time, we pray through the power of the Spirit that you will come upon them and touch them and bring healing. Lord, we would also pray for those who are awaiting surgery. Lord, we know uh, the backlog that COVID has caused. But Lord, where these folk have got a date, Lord, we pray that that date will be honoured and maybe even brought forward a bit. Lord, you are a God of miracles 
and you can do more than we can ask or imagine. And so, Lord, we pray that you will just do that for those in our fellowship. But, Lord, we don't want to be selfish and just pray for ourselves. We belong to a community. And so, Lord, we would pray for our community. Lord, we thank you for all the ways in which uh, we as a fellowship touch the community, either us in their place or them in our place. Lord, we thank you for each of those opportunities we have to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we want to ask you to just bless our community. And for those in the community who are unwell, we ask that you will bring healing to them. For those that are needing surgery, we pray that you will hasten that date. But Lord, we do pray for our own country and our own government. Lord, we just find it amazing what's happened over the last few months within our government, within the opposition. Lord, all these petty squabbles, when there is so much that is more important. Lord, so Lord, we pray for them all. You, you ask us to pray, and we pray that you'll give them wisdom, that you'll give them knowledge in how to act and in how to respond to these different situations. So we ask a blessing on our government and also for world leaders as well, as the whole world comes to terms with what's happening in Ukraine. Lord, we pray for that wisdom that passes understanding that only you can give to world leaders to bring this situation to an end. But we do thank you for your faithfulness to us as your people. And we know that as we've asked, you will be faithful to respond. But Lord, in each of these situations, we want you to be glorified. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, today's uh, reading is from 2 Timothy and uh, chapter 3. And I've written it all wrong on, my, on the order of service, so I apologize if you've got the wrong one. But no, you've got the right one. I've got the wrong one on my order of service. I'm glad you didn't take any notice of me. Uh, so it's <laughs> 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that it is a living word that every time we read it, it comes to life. And so we pray that you will open our hearts and minds to receive from you this morning. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So we're, we're in our series of uh, looking at the values that we as a, a church family um, have agreed on, well, I guess the leaders, and then you've agreed it. So we've all agreed it, really, uh, that these are the, the values um, that are important to us, uh, which is uh, spirit-filled, Bible-saturated, sharing Jesus, and loving God and others. And we've come to the second one uh, in this, 
and it's Bible-saturated. Now, these values, although there are four of them, uh, I would suggest we have to look at them as one, in the same way that we look at the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc., etc. It's all in one. You can't have one without the other because they're Christ-like characteristics that we should be showing to all those that we come into contact with. So if we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, we need to have all of these values. They go together, and we can't say, well, I'm not too sure about being Spirit-filled. That sounds a bit dodgy to me. Uh, the Bible is a big book. Uh, maybe I won't read that. Uh, I think I might just stick to loving God and others. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You need all four, and we as a fellowship need all four because it underpins what we stand for in Jesus Christ. So these values are important, and they all go together because unless they go together, we won't get the best for God out of all of us. So Bible-saturated. Uh, I looked up uh, in the dictionary, Bible saturated, well, I looked up saturated uh, in the Collins uh, dictionary. Uh, there are other uh, dictionaries available, but I looked it up in the Collins dictionary. And one of the um, definitions was this. If people or things saturate a place or object, they fill it completely so that no more can be added. Fill it completely so that no more can be added. So that's a good definition, isn't it? So here it is. How are we feeling? Are we saturated so that no more can be added? If you're feeling saturated, put your hand up. No, good, because I'm not saturated either. But that does sound a bit difficult, doesn't it? How can I so fill myself with the word of God so that no more can be added? Difficult. I would guess impossible for us to be so saturated that no more can be added. So if it's impossible, then there's a tendency to say, oh, well, I won't bother then. No. We have to bother. We have to read the Word of God because it's a living, breathing book. Unlike all other books, this one is different. And we need to want to read the best book in the world. We need to be saturated to fill to overflowing of the Word of God. And it's difficult. And we know it's difficult, but it's not impossible with God. God is a God of possibility. But in order to be saturated with the word of God, we need help. And this is where the values come together. Because if we need help to read the word of God, where is that help going to come from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So when the leaders... Um, came up with these four definitions, they weren't just put in a random order. 
um, because they all go together. So it doesn't really matter what order we put them in because we're saying they all go together. But being spirit filled is what helps us to be Bible saturated. Because we'll never do it on our own. It's just words on a page. But with the Holy Spirit, the words come alive and mean something to us. So three things that the Holy Spirit does in order for us to be Bible saturated. So firstly, the Holy Spirit gives us a desire to read God's word. And John 14 verse 26 says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and will remind us of everything I have said to you. So how is he going to teach us? Through the word of God. That's how important it is to be Bible saturated. Now, I don't know about you. Um, you might be a bookworm who just loves reading. Nothing better than sitting down and reading a good book. That's not me. That is not me. The only time I really get to read is when I'm on holiday. And uh, for those that know me, um, I get bored quickly. I get bored quickly. When I had COVID a few weeks ago, I got bored quickly. I'd done all the gardening and I looked at my side gates and I thought, I know, I'll go and paint the side gates. So I painted the side gates. I looked at my neighbours and thought, yeah, hers could do with painting. So I painted hers, <coughs> told her to stay indoors and I painted hers. Now stir crazy is not me. I have to be doing something. So sitting down on a beach, which I like, I enjoy, but there's only so much swimming and so much walking I can do in um, sort of 30 degrees. So when I sit, I read. And it's not unusual for me to read three or four books in a two-week holiday. So for the rest of the 50 weeks of the year, I might be lucky and get through one. I am not a bookworm. I don't have the desire to read. Um, reading on holiday is something to break the boredom of um, getting a suntan. <laughs> on the other hand, my wife is the complete opposite. She has a Kindle and she has this Kindle in her hand every single day. Because I see it on charge at the end of a day uh, ready for the next day. She's forever downloading books. So I don't know how many she reads in, uh, in a year compared to my few on holiday and maybe one for the rest of the year. Her heart is in reading the books. My heart is not in reading books. I really don't have that desire. Now I could argue that I'm too busy to read. I'm too busy preparing sermons. I'm too busy doing coffee stop. I'm too busy doing all these other things and have time to read. They're excuses. They're not real. What I don't have is a real desire to read. 
So it's very good I'm standing up here talking about being Bible saturated as someone who has no desire to read at all. So how did I get the desire to read the word of God? Through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in me that puts the desire to read this book. Because if I left it to myself, I wouldn't read it. But this book is so important that I need the Holy Spirit to place in me that desire to read God's word. So if you don't have the desire to read God's word, ask the Spirit to give you that desire because this is the most important book that we can ever read. Pray when we read it and the Holy Spirit will bring it alive to us. I, I'm, I'm just so impressed with the, the Bible course. I, I did the Bible course sort of six months ago and I learned an awful lot. Every single, we're on number, we've done three, we're on number four this week. Every time we've done the Bible course, something new has jumped out at me. So I've read these stories, I've then done the Bible course, and now I'm doing it again, and God is still revealing new things to me. This is a living word, and every time we read it, God shows us something new through the power of the Spirit. We do need to read it because it contains a lot of information. So we need the Spirit to place that desire in us to read it. But what I have found um, with, with the Bible course as well is that where, where they've got the readings, they, they dot through different books, don't they? Um, so like when it got to the, the, the plagues in Egypt, they only ask you to read the last one. But if you've got an inquisitive mind, you might think, what's gone before? And so you might then just read that, but then you might read a bit before. And it may be there's one chapter and you think, what happened next? And so you read on. Can you see how the desire to read God's word changes every time we read it? And, I, and I've been amazed. So you're going to get more from the Bible course uh, a little bit later. I'm going to plug it again, because if you're not on it, get on it. It is amazing. So the Bible has been given to humanity by God. God has given it to us. And through which he chooses to reveal himself. God is in this book. How else are we going to get to know our almighty God other than to read about him in his book? It's the best biography you'll ever read. It's a history book. It's all sorts of things, but it's about God. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the Holy Spirit and the power that there is within this book. And it's God's plan is contained in it for humanity. God's plan for you, God's plan for me, is all in this book. So if you want to know what the plan is for you, read it, because the Holy Spirit will show you. Because there's no other way 
for getting to know our Creator God than the Holy Spirit within us revealing Him through this book. We need to read God's story. It's His story. And we need to saturate ourselves with this because we'll get saturated with God. We'll get saturated with Jesus Christ. We'll get saturated with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit interprets God's word. In John 16, verse 13, it says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truths. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is essential for understanding, appreciating, and implementing this word into our lives. It's a two-way thing. And uh, this bit's from the Bible course. Uh, I'm happy to believe him. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate author behind Scripture, inspiring 40 human writers to write it over a period of 1,500 years. Who else is better equipped to interpret this word than the person who inspired it to be written, the Holy Spirit? So it's the work of the Holy Spirit within us, interpreting Scripture. And in looking at Scripture, interpreting Scripture leads us to salvation and leads us to Jesus Christ. So I've already said the Bible is about God, it's about Jesus, it's about the Holy Spirit. And it's a source of information that is beyond measure. You know, nowadays we have Google, we have all these other wonderful things. In my day, it was the Cyclopedia Britannica. Yeah? And there they are on the shelves, all whatever number of volumes it was. If you wanted to know something, you look it up. Now we've got Google and other things. If we want to know about God, we want to know about Jesus Christ, then this is the only book to read. Because it's all in here. And it's the role of the Holy Spirit living within us that reveals it to us. So if he inspired the scriptures to be written, he's the best guide to interpret it for us. And he speaks to us through scripture. But we need to ask him to do it every time we read the book. As I sit down to read this book, Holy Spirit, just bring it to life for me and he will do that he will honor that and it, because he will bring the truth out and how that affects our lives and to use something else from the bible course uh and and andrew in in the course he said when you look at the word of god ask yourselves two questions what what did it mean in its original context and now what? What does the passage mean for my life today? What a good way to look at God's word. And the Holy Spirit helps us to ensure that the interpretation that we make is not based on our own experience, our own way of living, but it's on this. The Holy Spirit interprets the word of God 
because he has produced it. And it will be truth. If I base it all on my knowledge and my experience as I read this word, what does this mean? I'll get it all wrong. I need the Holy Spirit to interpret for me. Next, the Holy Spirit transforms our lives through God's word. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the Holy Spirit working in us as we read the word of God. He uses the power of scripture to influence us and the way in which we live our lives. And he shapes us to being more and more and more Christ-like. I've already shared about the fruit of the Spirit is all these things. They are the things we should be displaying. It's written in this word. There are lots of others in this word that need to impact our lives. Why? Because the words in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. By reading this, we are thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing that this book is so powerful and so wonderful. So God's word is useful for teaching so that we are thoroughly equipped. We, we can only do this if we're in tune with God. And by being in tune with God, we're in tune with the Holy Spirit who brings this word to life in our own lives. And there are many ways in which the Holy Spirit works in the lives of Christians, but they all share one common goal, to make us more Christ-like and to do what Christ did while he was here on earth. He left it to us. What are we going to do? We read this and we'll know what he wants us to do. You see, we can't reproduce the character of Jesus in our own strength. It's totally impossible. Our willpower, our good intentions are not enough and will never be enough to be more Christ-like. We need to understand the creator, his son, to be more Christ-like. And this is where we'll find the answer. He wants to change our lives and to make our lives reflect Jesus Christ. So we need him in our lives. I'm not very Christ-like. When I look at my life against his, and I once shared it in a, in a youth thing, um, if you're the opposite way to me. But so let's say a vertical line on a graph, years of being a Christian, and then on the horizontal line, how Christ-like I am. And what it is, is I might be 
less than 1%, and I'll get to a point where it suddenly shoots up to 100%. When I become the finished article in glory, I'm, I'm then Christ-like. Till then, I do my utmost for what this book tells me to do and to be Christ-like. And I'm nothing like Jesus Christ, but I strive to be the best that I can be because this book tells me how. And I know that I will get there one day, whenever that might be, that I will be Christ-like. The other thing that the Holy Spirit does in the believers, that he gives us the power to be bold witness for Christ. And this moves us into the third value, sharing Jesus. And that's where I'm going to stop. Because that's Martin next week. So if you want to know how the story continues, next week. But I haven't finished yet. In order to be Bible-saturated, as I've already shared, we have to read God's Word every day with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we all know that time spent reading this in the presence of God produces a number of things. It gives us an increased peace. It shows us direction and wisdom and it nourishes the soul. So what other reasons do we need other than uh, to read this book? Spending time with God, spending time with his word, and we'll get that inner peace and know exactly what we should be doing. Now, I've already shared that I'm not a bookworm and I don't have a desire to read but God has placed that desire in my heart to read God's word. So how can we, if you're like me and you don't have that desire to read or you don't have that desire to read God's word, then pray for the spirit to give you that desire and he will give it to you. So how can we get into reading this book more and more? And um, I'm going to plug it again. The Bible course. Now, the group I'm in, we're, we're on group number four this week out of eight. So we're coming up to the halfway point. If you're not in a home group or linked to a home group just for this course, even now, even if we're halfway through, it's better than none at all. Please sign up to this course. It's an amazing course. But this is an amazing book that we need to start reading and understanding. So get yourself on a course uh, and enjoy it. Now, it may be that when we've done the eight weeks, we may then put on another one for people that have missed certain ones. That's yet to be discussed. But um, get on the course and um, you'll be amazed at what God can show you through the Bible course. So, when do I read this book? What's the best time for me to read this book? Well, the best time for me may not be the best time for you. All I can do is share my experience. Now, it may be 
that you are an early bird. You're up with the birds singing, you know, nice and early, sort of five o'clock in the morning. And that's a good time, because if you haven't got to get out of the house by six or seven or eight, you've got time to read the word of God, to set yourself up for the day, to pray and to read this word. But it may be you're not like that, to get up with the birds that early in the morning. And it may be a busy day and the best time for you is at night. A word of caution about reading this book too near to bedtime. Yeah? Because I've done it. And Val has woken me up with the Bible on my chest. So not a good time for me is late at night. Now I'm retired, so I've got all day to, to do it. Um, but the best time for reading the word of God for you is the best time for you. Not for me to dictate when is the best time to read it. You may be a morning person, you may be an evening person, you may be an afternoon person. But all I can say is find time to read this word. It is so important. Which version do I read? There are lots of translations, there's lots of paraphrases, there's lots of all sorts out there on the, on the market. And choosing the right one for you is again up to you. Different versions have different styles. Uh, I, at home I've got um, the Living Bible and if you're into American, then the Living Bible is one of those, I have to smile sometimes when I get the Living Bible out and I see an Americanism in it and think that just does not work in, in England because <laughs> it's American. But it's a, it's a good um, one to use. See, the Bible was written in several languages, uh, in Hebrew and Aramaic and in Greek, and the Bible translators have tried hard to make it the best that it can be into English. But the problem with the English language is that we run out of words. For instance, I love ice cream. I love my wife. Are they the same? Maybe. We've only got one word, love. So we miss out on agape and all the other um, loves that there are in the word. So it does its best with the English language that we have. But there are different styles, but they've tried to do it as a literal translation where possible. And others, like the message, put it into easily understandable. So what Bible translation is best? Well, it depends what you're looking for. I use the NIV. Um, I've also got the King James Version, the Revised Standard Version, and the Living Bible at home. But I am a bit computer literate. And uh, I use Bible Gateway. So this is the one I use mainly, the NIV. And if I want to see what it says in a different translation, then I'll go on to Bible Gateway because there's a thing that says, show me this passage in all the different um, types of Bible translations and versions. So I can read the different. But there is a danger. And I fell into the trap of looking at Bible Gateway more than I picked up this book. So a word of warning. This book is important and getting your hands on it and touching it and feeling it 
is better than Bible Gateway. So a word of warning, I fell into the trap of only reading on this rather than touching and feeling this book. But that's just personal. Um, you, may, you may prefer that. But no matter what version you use, we're asking the spirit to make it come alive to us by using the what, what did it say in its context? Now what? What in the context of today? What in the context of my life? Whichever version you're using, you can ask yourself those questions. And finally, and this is finally, uh, you can use study notes. There are a lot of study notes on the market. And uh, with Christians possessing the Bible, some need some help in trying to understand it. And Bible notes are a good way of doing that, where they share an interpretation of this book. Um, so you read a passage, it will then tell you um, about it, some of its context and what it means um, to us today. It is a good resource and a vital resource because to read this from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 20-something, thank you, is hard. We need the Spirit to interpret it. We need the Spirit to understand it, but sometimes having Bible notes can help with the different passages. So there are some wonderful tools out there. Um, yes, you can, uh, if you're computer literate, you can use commentaries, you can get concordances, you can get all sorts to help you out um, and, and will help you. But there are some, some, um, Every Day with Jesus is one that I've used in the past. And Every Day with Jesus has now um, got a normal one. I didn't want to use that word, but I can't think of another one. Um, and it has one for new Christians. So what's written in the book is slightly different, uh, or in their study book is slightly different. If you would like one, there are three. So it'll be first come, first served. On reception desk, there are three every day with Jesus for new Christians. If you would value uh, seeing what it's like, please take one. Um, so you're gonna have to be quick. Uh, there's others, you know, daily bread, encounter with God. There's all sorts of resources that are out there to help us with this book. There's also Christian bookshops in Woking and Staines. There's resources online. There's so much we have today to help us understand this book. But the Holy Spirit is the one we really need in understanding. So let's all commit to being Bible-saturated, so full of the Word of God that we can't fit any more in. But we also need to commit, of course, to the other values, to being Spirit-filled, sharing Jesus, loving God and others. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your Word is a living Word, that every time we pick up this book, you reveal new things to us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you so delight in showing us the words on the page and bringing them to life and to convict us and to show us the difference that this book can make in our lives. So, Father, I would pray that you will send the Holy Spirit to each one of us 
to place in our hearts the desire to read your word, to learn more and more about you, to understand more about you, and to live out Christ-like characteristics in our lives. So we pray that you will help us to do that, that we will reflect Jesus Christ to all we come into contact with. Amen. Uh, this, this song is down to me, um, and it's a new one. Um, but when looking at um, some songs that reflected um, the Bible, um, came across this one uh, from the breaking of the dawn. And it's about every promise that's in the word of God. So um, it's very easy to pick up. Um, by the time you've um, got through the first verse, you've got it. It's, is it in Christ alone similar? Ish. Ish. Because yeah. when, when you get the same musician and the same writer, they sort of tweak the music, don't they? And then they tweak the words. It is very easy. So maybe the first verse twice. Would that work? I'll tell you what, and I'll sing the first verse. If you know it, please join in. And then we'll go back to the first verse. We'll do it all together. Okay. <laughs> so let's stand to sing. Thank you.
soak these bones in. Let's try again. <laughs> oh, you're at the start. <laughs> That's it, okay. All right. And now we really know it. Okay. <laughs> Father, we thank you for all the promises contained in your word. And the more we read it, the more the promises jump out at us. And we thank you that you are faithful to your promises. And Lord, there are so many, but we thank you for each and every one. And Lord, as we go into this week, we pray that you will uh, help us to reflect more Christ-like characteristics, that those we come into contact with will know that we are different because we're children of the living God. And if they ask us, why is it, then Lord, will you give us the words to speak? 
that we will share Jesus with those we come into contact with. So we ask a blessing on everyone here this morning, everyone on Zoom, and the families that we represent. Go with us into this week and bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.